Hey you. Yeah, you. The one trying to make a video game. I've got someone here that can help you, and that someone is Intel, which is not a someone, it's a company. But this company, they are going to help you as if they were a somebody and a someone and also a something. Check out software.intel.com slash gamedev to find out how Intel is making sure all the innovation in gaming continues to happen on the PC as part of the Intel Game Dev program. Again, that URL is software.intel.com slash gamedev. Sign up and start something new. It's the internet, you're busy, let's do this. Mike, I forgot to hit the right button on on the damn exploit. Off to a good start. It's a really good start, isn't it? Um, what is this podcast? It's the GameSpeak Decides podcast. It's a podcast where we decide everything about the world of games. See how that works, Mike? We're, yeah. we're, we decide, so it's... You look good. What are you trying to fix your collar? Yeah, my car was all messed up. I don't know. I don't know. It looks fine now. Maybe I caught it after you fixed it. I'm your host, Jeffrey Grubb. With me is... It's it's me. It's Mike Minotti. Yeah. All right. You said his name. I um, All right. I can leave now, right? Yeah. Get out of here. <laughs> all right. To get, together, we are the Decision Squad. Uh, that doesn't work very well. No. No, I don't think so. We're we're not Voltron. I don't know. We, we hardly ever come together. And when we do, we don't really hug. I don't know. Um, in today's episode, we're going to go over some news, some games, uh, and, uh, I don't know, NPD numbers. That's I'm going to talk about World of Warcraft, so yeah. look forward to that. Arguably a, a game, arguably, we'll see. Oh, it's a um, game. I want to thank everyone for joining us first, and I got a few things, the credits here. I do the credits first. Let's just do that stuff. Uh, you can get more from me and Mike at gamesbeat.com. Uh, if you have something to share with us, you can email the podcast at games plus podcast adventurebeat.com. If you're watching this on the Facebook or the YouTube, there's an audio version of this show. It's on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere where pods are caught. Finally, if you like the show, rate us on Apple Podcasts. It helps people find it. Uh, Mike, we missed last week because we were both sick. Um, I was in the hospital. You were in the hospital. I I had a cold, and then I gave that cold <laughs> to my baby. It was very funny to hear. Uh, you were in the hospital. I had a cold. I, I, I had no the sniffles. Yeah, I no had the sniffles. Bad. Exactly, yeah. I'm sure it was bad. I'm sure it was rough. <laughs> it, it was, and mine wasn't too bad. The baby getting sick, that was rough, actually. Yeah. I'm like, that kept me up for a little bit. But, uh, you know, she's a year old, and that was the first time she got sick, too. So it was like, oh, okay, new experiences that aren't good. Uh, but, yeah, uh, it sounds like yours was pretty rough, though. How are you feeling? I'm pretty good now. I'm getting uh, my root canal done uh, Monday. Uh, long story short, I had a, uh, a tooth infection, like an abscess that formed on a tooth that I had capped since I was a kid when I when I broke it. And then uh, the infection kind of got out of control due to some uh, factors out of my control and spread to my face for a bit. My face was all swollen. I was in horrible pain for a few days until I finally just had to go like, to the ER at 4 a.m., and then I spent the like thought that whole day and night at the hospital where they just pumped me full of painkillers and antibiotics. So you got yeah, good stuff good too, right? What the, you got the fun painkillers, right? I did, but there's like <laughs> there was a time where like the morphine wasn't taking because I was <laughs> in so much pain. Did I show you the picture of my face? No, you didn't. I should make that the uh, 
Yeah, I'll the, send it the, to you on, on thing, and then if you want, yeah, I'm gonna get the thumbnail for this podcast. There we yeah, go. There, um, yeah, you can see my. Yeah, I just sent you a picture of my swollen face uh, during the worst of it. Yeah. It was a it was a rough time, but I'm I'm feeling pretty good now. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, I, I like I said, I just had the sniffles, but uh, yeah, <laughs> I got better. Um, you, you still got to go you do your it. thing. That's gonna be fun. So we'll see about you know next week how you're feeling. Well, I mean, uh, it'll be fine now. I think it's just I yeah. Mean, gosh, the root canal is gonna be nothing compared to what I've been through. Right, exactly. Jeff, yeah, Jeff, you'll be. I sent you my face. Did you see it? On Where'd you phone? send it to me at? Uh, Convo. I just, I literally just closed Convo. I, let, I guess I could just put it in here. All no, no. Yeah, does that work? That might work. But I'm, I'm opening Convo back up. Let's. I want to see it. Let me see your stupid face. Yeah, see it. Show you can share it with everyone, maybe. But yeah, it was a fun time. I wasn't planning to make. I like brought my switch to the hospital. Jesus, like, Mike. <laughs> I brought my switch uh, to the hospital. Like, oh, I'll play games games here, and then I was just like miserable the whole time and didn't even uh-huh. have the energy to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you look you look really fucked up there, Mike. Like, your <laughs> face doesn't look like that anymore. Um, yeah, right. But uh, yeah, for but, real. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, well, yeah, you you get that root canal. I, I had one root canal before. It's, it's not that bad, uh, and, and like you said, yeah, it's nothing what you've been through. So. Um, we can get to what we've been playing. Um, do you just want to get World of Warcraft out, Warcraft out of the way so we don't have to talk about that? Yeah, I mean, I talked long. about this a, a bit. <laughs> well, we're we're talking about it. <laughs> well, I got I started playing World of Warcraft because Destiny Two was uh blowing it, uh, and I just kind of wanted like some sort of like loot based RPG thing to play with my friends, and so we just kind of went back to this. Uh, and I, I was actually leveling a new character, and then just this week they introduced their kind of big level scaling patch to all their sort of le- legacy zones. So level scaling was something introduced in the last expansion where, you know, you know how these MMOs are, where it's like, here's the zone for people who are level 1 through 10. Here's the one for level 20 to 30. These make it much more flexible. Um, there still are, like, caps, but it's, like, now, like, 1 through 60 or, you know, 60 through 80. And all the content in there will, like, scale to whatever your level is in that range. So it, it gives you more flexibility. The, the strange thing about it is, I thought that this would make leveling easier. While they did this, they actually kind of made the leveling process harder, which which might be good because it, it was kind of a joke where the scaling had gotten out of control, where you pretty much just ran through things, pushed two buttons, and killed everything. So it wasn't even that much of a game. So it, it's kind of nice that, like, I guess I'm actually playing World of Warcraft even while I'm leveling. But it is also like, you know, well, now this is taking longer to do. So it, it, that's kind of extending over to the dungeons and stuff, I think. So, so I mean, but you're still playing a ton. So is it like, yeah, is it really causing any problems or is it just like no. spending different time or you're spending your well, time doing I've different also, things? I also spent a lot of time actually going back to like my main max level character and kind of just catching up on the stuff I missed there. Because I mean, they do a good job just adding things uh, to that game with patches and content and I mean, even with that last patch, there's stuff that's kind of like prologue stuff for the next expansion leading into that. I mean, there really are, like, in contrast to Destiny, there really is just a lot of things to do. You know, maybe you won't like it because it is ultimately a hot bar MMO, right? You're, you're pushing the, the, running around pushing buttons. But uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a good, it's a good way to kind of mindless, mindlessly sort of play a game. But I'm still doing things. And there's like very obvious progression. I can make a lot of goals for myself and achieve them. Like, you know, oh, I want to earn the flying in this continent. Or, oh, there's a mount here that has a 1% drop, uh, 1% chance to drop off this boss. I'm going to fight this boss once every week. 
you know, just like these little mini goals. And that's kind of the problem with Destiny 2. There really isn't any of right. that. Like I said, I barely tried, and I was like the max item level, and I was like, uh, cool. So, yeah, yeah so still, still World of Warcraft over Destiny 2. Or did, did you guys try, did you try Warframe at all or anything like that? No, AJ did a little bit. I don't know. Cause like, I see, I also, Warframe is much more instance based, right? Uh, and it's I, very I kinda, complicated from what I understand. Yeah, and I kind of want something that's more, I don't know, MMOE. I, I always said, even back with Destiny 1, the game should be more World of Warcraft. It should be more open in ways. It, yeah, Destiny is a very confused game because it has those open areas, and they kind of don't have anything to do with a lot of other things. Like, you know, the, the strikes feel separate. The PvP will feel separate. Like, all the aspects of it don't come together maybe as nicely as World of Warcraft. Although World of Warcraft has PvP problems, too, for sure. But, you know, it's figured it out a bit more. Excellent. Um, I've been playing a few things. Darkest Dungeon on Switch is the thing I've been playing most recently. And it was, um, you know, it's a game I've spent a little bit of time with on the PC, not as much as I wanted to. And I'm already seeing like, okay, yeah, now that I have it everywhere, I can, I'm going to be playing a lot more. It was on, you know, they have it on iPad as well. Uh, so I, I'm, I would imagine it's pretty similar for a lot of people that were playing it that way. Uh, but even like with tablets and smartphones, I, I, I just tend not to play games on those, even if they work well as a touchscreen game. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, yeah, so having Darkest Dungeon with the with the Switch, it's like, yeah, no, I'll really put some time into this. And it has both, you know, controller support and touchscreen support. And I'll, uh, I, I'll, I kind of go back and forth from using one or the other, uh, depending on what, what situation I'm in. Uh, but yeah, that's still a really good game. It is uh, simultaneously very moody and atmospheric and also very strategic. And it's fun to f- kind of figure out how in combat these various... Uh, you know, status effects like blight and bleed will will help you sort of you know come out the other side. Um, I'm I'm doing kind of like my first run through right now, uh, and I'm doing it on the like the beginner mode because I want to get like my feet wet again. Uh, but I'm looking forward to kind of getting through with that and actually playing on normal. Um, but you know, because that's that is like the real game, and that's when all those all the the aspects of each uh, of each maneuver really comes into play uh right now i feel like i kind of i could just uh i could just spam whatever and i'll probably win um so that's not quite yeah. as so I, I never actually played this game and i know people like it so maybe this switch version is a good chance for me to jump in right this is a similar refrain to a lot of indie games i know mm-hmm. two of the big ones i've really been like waiting for to come to switch are, are happening in the next couple months uh, uh owlboy and hollow knight which are like two pc indie uh Metroidvania games. Anyway, I'm really excited about right. this. Right. Yeah, I'll. Uh, I think I probably will finally try Hollow Knight on Switch. But even that, I'm like, eh, I'll, maybe Dead Cells. I'll wait for that. We'll see if that comes to Switch. Um, I also I'm reviewing this like insane Logitech G920 racing wheel. Uh, works with Xbox One and PC. I'm holding it right now. My my arm is off screen here, um, and it's it's you know it's the full like force feedback thing where it'll fight against you. Uh, so you really have to anchor it to a desk. And I was really happy like my desk works pretty well. I can anchor it right in front of me. Um, the pedals go below me, and then it has the the gear shift off to the side, and I can kind of anchor it right here. Um, you know, to my with my, with my right hand, uh, and it's been kind of like a really good time to like seeing what games I really enjoy playing with this. Like I, I first thing I, I try was project cars Two, And I'm like, no, nah, maybe this is a bit too much for me. Cause I was just, I was running into the sides over and over. Cause I'm trying to gear shift at the same time. And it's like, I have the manual stick. So I want to play that way. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's a little bit more complex than I'm used to. Like even in Forza, I will use like a manual stick a lot of the times, but I won't do like a clutch. And the, like, this has a clutch pedal. 
Uh, so it's very, it enables you to be very realistic and it feels like if I have all these things, I at least want to try to take advantage of it. Uh, so I tried like spin tires, which is this, it's the new version, spin tires, mud runner. Um, this is like a Eastern European or maybe even like Russian game where you are trying to get these giant trucks across this muddy terrain. Um, and there's like objectives, like carry like a big thing of logs, like a big trailer full of giant logs across this muddy terrain. And these trucks aren't like many of them aren't built very well for the muddy terrain. So it's a combination of using your smaller vehicles that have like a lot of power that can act like a tugboat to drag these things once they get stuck in the mud or like using winches and connecting to trees and pulling your truck with like with the winch. Um, and it's been very fun to like, just sit here with the, with the wheel driving my truck and sort of figuring these things out in first person. Um, I've been like really appreciating that. I'm going to, I'm going to try some other games, dirt Four, uh, F one, things like that. But spin tires is like my kind of thing. I really enjoy how like slow and plodding it is. And I really like seeing the tires go through the mud and it's got really good, um, terrain deformation effects and stuff like that. So, so yeah, I've been spending some time with that. Uh, lastly, yeah, lastly, I, I, I installed Warframe. I didn't really play it because at the same time I, I got Rainbow Six Siege. And when I got back from traveling over the holiday, I, I played it a little bit and now I'm playing it a lot more. Um, you know, this is the, you know, Tom Clancy game from Ubisoft came out in 2015 and I played it a little bit back then, I think on a console on Xbox one. I mean, it's, it's very good. It's been a, it's you know more than anything. It's been a nice palate cleanser for me from PUBG. Like after spending so much time in PUBG, I think I needed a, a, a different shooter, and Rainbow Six Siege has definitely filled that slot. You know, it's very, you know, it's uh, asymmetrical. Like you're taking turns, like either breaching or defending a bomb or or a hostage or something like that. Um, it it is weird. Like I'm, I'm kind of at this spot too. I don't know if it's like like once I was sick, like I kind of stopped playing like the games that I've been playing almost every day for like a, a year and a half now or longer, the Hearthstone Overwatch, I haven't really played as much since then. So yeah. I kind of know like that need to play something new. Like, I'm, yeah, totally. Like kind of taking a break from some of my standards for, for a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's nice. Um, I'm definitely planning to go back to PUBG uh, and, you know, some other stuff I was playing, but uh, it's nice to kind of like dive into and learn a whole new game. And there's a ton to learn in siege. It's got, um, all these operators, it's very, it's very similar to, to Overwatch where it's all these heroes and, you know, you have your offensive heroes when you're attacking and your defensive heroes and, uh, you know, they all have like special abilities that like kind of fit into like a very specific type of thing that your team might need. Like there are certain people that can easily break down walls and then there are certain pl- uh, heroes that can easily take down walls that have been reinforced with metal and like before a match starts, uh, the defensive team has 30 seconds to put up these reinforced walls and they have a limited number. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's been really cool to just sort of figure out how all this stuff works and it feels pretty good. Getting kills are pretty fun. Um, I've been playing with some people, uh, and some of them are very good. Some of them are like kind of on my level and it's cool to see like, yeah, like the, the, like that guy just completely tore apart that other team, even though everyone else had already died. And big part of that is like when we die, like we get control of these cameras sometimes and you can like give them information and tell them where the other team is, uh, yeah, it's been really fun. I've been enjoying it. I'll probably be spending a, a, quite a bit more time with it, but we'll see. I don't know. You never, like, a bunch of stuff's coming up. I think I'm going to give Monster Hunter World a try, so we'll see how long Siege lasts. Um, yeah, but I think that that's pretty much does it. Uh, there's some other games coming up soon I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to want to try, but I haven't really spent any time with them. Um, we can get into the news. Uh, Let's do it. Yeah. Mike, what was this Nintendo announcement that happened this week? <laughs> 
It's cardboard. It's cardboard. It's it's something real. It's so it's very super weird Nintendo-y, isn't it? But like, yes, in, in a more positive way. Like like this isn't like vitality sensor, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Right? Yeah. So this this is like a weird combination, like kind of like art crafty thing with games, right? So it's it's called Nintendo Labo. When I wrote that in our work like uh, messaging tool, somebody thought I misspelled labs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so there's like it's like the, a kit filled with like punch out cardboard things, and like the the game like tells you how to put them together, and it makes things like a piano or a fishing pole, and you kind of insert the switch and the Joy Cons. Like the Joy Cons will kind of basically act as like motion sensor anchors for it or tracking for it, and then like you know your the the switch itself turns into a screen. You kind of can make all these weird things out of them. Yeah, it's like been it's uh, robot suits and stuff. It's it's it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it's been uh, fun to watch the response. Um, a lot the like the, the first reaction for most people was this is really dumb. It's it is just cardboard, uh, and you know it's not like I mean it is cardboard. Like the the thing that they are primarily selling you is a package of cardboard. Uh, but they're like it also comes with software that tells you like how to build the stuff that you're building, and it's very in depth about like how the how these objects work. Um, you know, it's not, and it's not just like a paper craft, like it comes with like rubber bands and gears and stuff. And you like, you build these things to actually function in a really, uh, dynamic way. Like the robot suit, like they were showing you like you're punching and like they opened the back during the commercial, or whatever the, you know, the trailer for it. And you could see like the parts moving inside of it when they opened up the back. And it's like, wow, that's like, that is like super complex. If this is for kids, they're going to have to have some pretty in-depth instructions. And then people were looking close, more closely at the video and you know, like that they had these really great diagrams showing like, not only how do you put the stuff together, but like what, like how it works and why it works. Um, I, I think it's very exciting from a like perspective of, of someone who like, I enjoy building Lego stuff every once in a while. Um, and like, I totally can see how this is a, uh, it's building on that Lego concept that maybe is kind of, uh, you know, it's still great, but maybe like there are ways to do that and in, uh, in, that are bigger and more in depth. And this could be it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Lego, in response to this, has something very similar, like trying to bring back its. Um, well, they kind of did. They had Lego uh, Worlds, and that's done. Yeah, I mean that that's like Toys to Life, though. Lego Worlds was like, but I mean, like, like, like this they is have the kind of Toys to Life. Right? What, what do they have? I like mean, they're they're erectors. I mean, it is. You're right. It is. It's similar. It's a similar idea, but um, like. The way you build the objects and the way that they like that's a big part of it is like the actual the act of building and getting these things to function um and make making the building process interactive uh that's something that lego worlds wasn't about um and, you know we'll see if like lego responds to this i think they will they'll probably have something similar like a, a year from now it is always fun to see nintendo try these things you know sometimes they become huge deals like we fit sometimes it's like once you switch and you know it just kind of comes out and you never hear about it again right uh and I expect it's going to be similar. Like, this is either going to be like some huge next thing, right? Or it's going to kind of come out and be sort of interesting and no one's going to talk about it after right. it happens. But, um, you know, it's good good on them for trying things like this. Even though, like, you know, I don't know if it's really meant for me, but uh, totally. it could be. could be fun. Yeah, I, I at least want to, like, at least want to, like, just kind of try one out and see if it's... Oh, for some, sure. Yeah, and beyond that, and then we'll see. I mean, they're going to have a bunch of sets and they'll have, ex- like, expansion packs and stuff that you can add onto these things. I'll see if any of that stuff is for me after I give it, like, the first one a shot. Uh, but I definitely want to at least kind of 
indulge my curiosity with this thing. Um, moving on, uh, how much Awesome Games Done Quick did you watch while you were sick? Well, I was sick that whole week, so a lot. Yeah. Uh, not, like the one day in the hospital, not very much, but yeah, I, was, I watched quite a bit of it. It was super fun. Yeah, well, I tried to watch it uh, here and there. I saw, I saw some good ones. Um, I feel bad I, was, we, I wasn't really able to cover it for like our site because yeah. you know, I wasn't working, but I watched it a ton. Uh, well, you know, you, you watched it and they were able to raise $2.262 million there over that week, uh, for the prevent cancer foundation. It's a, an impressive total. I think that's a new record for him or it's very close. Yeah, it's slightly a new record. Right. Okay. It's a little bit more than last year. Right. And that's, um, yeah, again, they just, they really just nailed these things. It was a really good time that the Zelda run that ended the whole thing. Um, that was really good. I really liked that. I mean, you know me, I was a big fan of the Meg Man 1 through 3 yeah. relay race. Oh, yeah, that, that was, good. was good times for Mikey. Yeah. I, um, yeah, just uh, the felt like the, uh, the couches, uh, who, you know, whenever they have the runner, sometimes the runner will be able to will do a lot of the talking, but sometimes people on the couch will come on and they'll do most of the talking. Uh, it felt like the people on the couches here were really good. Felt they were very Yeah, it feels like people have, yeah, people have kind of figured that part right. out a bit. I felt like there was, there was, uh, at least it felt like there were a lot more segments where there were people talking and not so much like just kind of reading off donations over and over, right. which sometimes can get a little uh, great. But yeah, there was a lot of like informative um, couches and kind of the commentary over it was fun. So my, so my, my uh, man crush Spike Vegeta on the couches a lot. Yeah. He was on there a ton. Uh, and yeah, I think he, uh, he, he does seem like he um, sets a tone Uh for, for that couch, and that, that was a big part of it. I, I think like. he he kind of sets a tone for the event. Maybe right. yeah, this is my man crush, but like he, just the way he's kind of like he's like fun mm-hmm. but sincere. Yeah, uh, like into it, not vulgar. Uh, yeah, very um, kind of everything. I think the event does well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he strikes a really good balance of of keeping everyone on their toes, uh, but also letting everyone know that like it's okay to just be yourself. Um, and he like a lot of times when he's on the couch, he's like, I got this if you want me to, but if you want to jump in, I'm here to like, let you talk. Yeah. He does a good job. Um, we, we should move on. Uh, let's see. So th- this is a rumor. Uh, I'll just kind of read the, the Reddit headline that I grabbed real quick. Uh, a brand new big budget fable game is in development at playground. Uh, playground is uh, the developer that does uh, Forza horizon. Uh, this that that might be a little bit misleading. Um, this is from a Eurogamer story that says basically Phil Spencer was thinking about asking Playground to make a Fable game, and maybe that has gone into production. Maybe it hasn't. They don't really know. I mean, Microsoft doesn't have very many exclusive franchises, right? And Fable, you know, it is one of them. Yep, it is uh, one. I of mean, them. they it, yeah, right. They I mean, they fumbled that franchise pretty badly god that remember that whole what was that called that that i don't remember the Fable name. xbox one yeah the only, right? thing, like, the only thing i remember about it is is when it never actually came out right? i don't I, I don't know this is literally the only thing i know about it is like when they were showing it off people would go into the room uh where peter monolu who was still running the studio at the time would go in there uh and he would make people sign a big whiteboard that said Fable whatever is not on rails, and you had to sign oh, Jeff, it. This is whatever. hilarious. You're 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 forgetting about the game I'm talking about. Remember, there's that one after that. Oh my god, there's one after that. Jesus Christ. Okay, no. Remember the no. the one that was going to be like the four pl- the the asymmetrical multiplayer. Oh, yeah, no, they totally canceled that one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. It was like it's still a testing. No, Fable the the uh, Connect game came out. Yeah, oh so my god, that it did. And then no one even liked Table Three. So it's it's been rough. It would have to be a very big reboot. Yeah, it'd have to be something different. Uh, yeah. And it would have to go 
probably go back to like the big open worldy yeah. uh, roots of it. I mean, uh, I, I could see how Playground could accomplish that. I could see how, how that studio, who's been doing open world racing game, would have some of the skills required to make a, an open world fable game. Um, I, I but at the same time. Wouldn't you just like rather than like let one of these studios off the hook to just kind of do whatever they want and like leave Fable in the past? Oh sure, it'd be great if you just gave one of these studios permission to make a Horizon. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I definitely agree, but it's that's something Microsoft's been kind of not very great at. Yeah. Although I don't know, maybe that's not fair. I mean, you know, they they tried with uh, what Quantic Quantic Break, uh, you know, Quantum Rare's yeah. to make yeah, Remedy. Uh, Sea of Thieves. Uh, but again, I mean. In a bizarre way, when you're talking about like exclusive Microsoft franchises, Fable, just in terms of name recognition, has to be like in the top five, I guess, right? So can you, can they just let that go completely forever? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe they should. Uh, but I, I, I could I could see the argument of like, okay, let's get Fable back up and running and get it out of the way. But like, I would want them to start being like, hey, okay, let's get it up and running, and then we, now we can go work on something that is new and our hori- our equivalent of Horizon Zero Dawn or whatever. I mean, it, it's pretty hard to. I mean, like, Fable One was so was so like neat at the time because it was going to be the first big fantasy open world game, and now so many other things have come out and done that way yeah, better. Sure, like Fable Fable Two had a lot of there's, there are a lot of things right. There's some cool potential there. Fable Three is a big step back. Uh, and I, I just don't know what that game could do better than, say, a Witcher 3 or even a Skyrim still or, you know, what. what yeah, it, it does feel like um, how every television network and cable network feels like it, it feels like it has to have its Game of Thrones. And it's like, yeah, that's probably, probably not going to work out. I mean, there's a few of them that are successful. Vikings, people like that show. I haven't seen it. People seem to like it. Um, but I, I don't know if that works the same way in gaming. It does seem like. If you're not The Witcher 3, if you're not Skyrim, uh, you're going to be in trouble. It, it's hard to Me Too things too late. Look yes. at Epic Games, right? Yeah. Me Tooing uh, with Paragon super late. That's not doing well. Me Tooing very soon with Fortnite, and now that's doing very well. Yeah, that's a, a very good point. Um, this is a, a story about Super Meat Boy, uh, but really it's a story about Nintendo Switch. Um, super Meat Boy launched on Nintendo Switch last week, I think. It was in the middle of this month. Um, and it, when, it, when it did so... The sales numbers just on the Switch were almost exactly the same as when it originally debuted on the Xbox 360. Uh, so this game is very, very old now. Super Meat Boy is, is you know, it's a um, sort of a revised edition, I think, of Meat Boy. But it, it does add a bunch of new stuff, but it's essentially still the same game. Um, uh, it, it uh, you know, it, it, it's very old now at this point. And, and it's also coming out at a time when, like, there are a ton of options for these kinds of games, uh, for this, uh, for, especially these smaller games. Indie games are, you know, it's completely saturated at this point. Back when it came out on the 360, it was, like, one of the only things in town that was like this. So it was a big deal. Yeah, it yeah, was a huge it was deal. Like yeah. right after, like, like, Bray, to me, is still, like, that first one in a lot of no, ways. Yeah, and right. then, like, the next year you had Super Meat Boy. Exactly. And it, it, it continued that lineage, and a lot of people went from one game to the other, and like, oh, this is going to be my summer indie game that I'm going to play. And it, it was huge. It was huge on Xbox 360. Those guys were very... I remember watching the, the indie game documentary or whatever, uh, and they were like, oh, it, it's selling very well. Uh, so to kind of repeat that with the Switch, it just shows how right, how much money people are spending on Switch games. It's It must be nice, a good boon for a lot of these indie developers who had a, a hit at some point, right? Because, right? I mean, not that it's, you know, free to just make a porn in the switch, but 
I assume it's not as, you know, as, as daunting as, you know, making a new game. To be able to just take your game from 2007 or whenever it was and, you know, make a port for the Switch and suddenly have all this money come in, that, that must be nice. It's weird because they're making that, what, Super Meat Boy Forever, which is like an auto-runner game, right? right? I and, think so, yeah. And that is coming out on Switch also, so right. like, uh, good times could keep rolling for them. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I, I believe uh, Edward McMillan, the guy that still runs Team Meat, um, his game, uh, The Binding of Isaac, uh, that came out on Switch earlier and was another huge success on there as well. Um, so yeah, yeah, you're right. These developers must be very excited. Uh, okay, Mike, I think we can just jump into the the big uh, MPD rundown for 2017. Um, why don't we start with the, the top 10 best-selling games for the year? Uh, what I mean, you know what number one is. If you had to guess, what would you say it is? It's Call of Duty. It's Call of Duty, of course. Uh, just I like mean, every year. At least this year. I mean, it was... it. The, the big surprise was that it was last year, to be honest. Yes. When it was Infinite Warfare, and everyone was like, this isn't even that good. And it, and it was like, clearly oh, a down, down. sales, clearly. Like, it was very obvious in the way Activision was behaving and the way they talk about World War II this year. Yes, last year's was still that, number one. It was one. still number one yeah. last year. So, <laughs> so this year, yeah, World War II was... It, like, came out in November and was, like, immediately number one. Yes. So, man, people s- s- still... It's, it's funny how just a, a single thing, like, going back to World War II can get people that excited. And it does seem like, to me at least, uh, it does seem like it's, it is basically just that. They just went back to World War II and that was enough. Um, I think people just, people like sci-fi, but I think a lot more people are just like, ah, what, what is this double jump? What are these jetpacks? What is wall running? This is stupid. Put boots on the ground. I love boots on the ground. Um, and yeah, they showed up. And I mean, people that weren't like, you know, tracking this game, which I think a lot of people, you know, who who pay pay attention to stuff that's happening in gaming, lose track of these games that are so big uh, that they like that and that they, that they never play. Um, Call of Duty World War Two did come out, and it was it was a huge success. Activision was saying it's the best selling version of Call of Duty since 2012, like Black Ops Two, um, and Black Ops Two was was probably their number one uh, best seller because they just kept going up and up and up each year, and then I think since then it has gone down and down and down. Uh, so to jump back up to that level, uh, yeah, it's a behemoth, and it, it will, will not be stopped. Um, speaking of a behemoth, this one's kind of grown over over the last couple of years, and it keeps moving up this this yearly annual chart. Uh, and, that, and that's something about this chart. A lot of these games are going to be franchises that show up every year. Uh, number two is NBA 2K18. Does that surprise you at all? Um, I don't know. If surprise. I mean, I, I've been kind of aware of that the, right. this game growing, right? Yes. Um, it's strange now we're at this point where, yeah, like the NBA 2K series is more popular than Madden, mm-hmm. even. Uh, even though I guess it probably had more time out there on the market, but yeah, it, it did a little bit, I think. And I mean, yeah, I mean, we also, you know, we we are, you know, football is a little bit on the downswing. I don't really know if NBA is on an upswing, but uh, uh, globally it definitely is. But this is just a U.S. chart. Um. Yeah, so yeah, it's a little strange. I mean, you know, sport like these big sports games, uh, they, they do well. But yeah, number two is that's high, huh? It's yeah, it's really high. Uh, but yeah, it, it seems like one of those games where um, there are people that you know want to play video games. They buy consoles and they get Call of Duty, they get NBA, and they get Grand Theft Auto. Um, and every year they go out and they get Call of Duty NBA, and then they just keep playing Grand Theft Auto online. I guess. Um, number three is Destiny Two. Uh, isn't that funny how 
like, like every story about Destiny 2 has been, you know, kind of about what's doing wrong. Everyone complains about it. I complain about it a lot. I just was. And, you know, like, the idea is, like, oh, you almost feel bad for Bungie because they're probably over there and their morale's probably low because everyone's mad at them. The game was the third best-selling game of the year. Yeah. Uh, it's... Uh, it must have made a ton of money. Yeah, it did. I, and, and, I mean, I could see, like, morale still being down because, it, you know, it had a huge first month. It it came out. It's, it was very similar to Call of Duty. It came out, and it shot right to number one uh, for, like, the, the trailing 12 months. So over the last 12 months... Uh, in the first month, just one month, Destiny 2 was the best-selling game of, you know, this period. Um, you know, Call of Duty came out and beat it, but that's Activision as well. But, I mean, Destiny 2, a big part of that of that game is ongoing monetization, and whether the game is succeeding at that, it probably is, I don't know. Uh, but it, they can't love the fact that most people are just talking about the things they don't like about Destiny 2. I, I guess I'm, I'm very confused how Destiny actually has such a mainstream... Like, I understand why I want to play it, because I'm just, like, a nerd who likes grindy loot things and want, want something that's to be good. But I guess just, like, the power of, like, oh, it's Bungie, and it, like, right. looks very pretty, and it's, you know, they, they right market it. I, it's, I don't really get that. It is weird that, like, so many people are like, yeah, I'm getting Destiny 2. Like, you know. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this, I think, before it came out. You were, like, you were skeptical of whether or not it was going to be, like, that big of a deal. You're like, ah, Destiny 1 was this thing, and the people kind of fell off it. And I'm like, I think people, I think people still... Want their destiny? There are some destiny crazies out there, and yeah, they showed up for this game. Uh, whether or not they're still there, and we'll be there th- like throughout the lifespan of this game, we'll see. Um, going from shooter to sports game, and then shooter back to sports game. Number four is Madden NFL 18. Um, not surprising. This is uh, you know pr- about where it is on this list most years uh, in the four to six range. Um, that's you know, and that's that's pretty good. I think it, it, I think a thing to point out is is that. 2017 uh, is significantly better than 2016 in, in terms of overall spending. Uh, people spent more on both hardware and software. Eighteen uh, percent. Yes, believe. I think that's right. And uh, and that I think that eighteen percent that covers um, in-game purchases as well. I think if it's yeah, it's hardware, peripherals, in-game purchases, and game sales, digital, and exactly. So yeah, that's that's you know so there's a lot more money flooding into the space. A lot of that is related to Switch. Uh, you know, but the fact that if, if if you know if the switch is on the scene and th- if those games are making more money, Madden has to sp- make that much more to stay at number four, and it did. Um, so you know that that's pretty good. I think EA is pro- probably feeling pretty good about that. You know they got FIFA everywhere else. Um, I think FIFA was like one of the top ten bestsellers on Xbox as well. It doesn't make this list. Um, number five, uh, our first Nintendo game, uh, The Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild, uh, came out in March. Was a launch game. For the Switch, uh, it also did pretty well on the Wii U, actually. Um, you know, it, you know, as the last game on that system. Uh, it, yeah, I'm, I'm. This is a, this is the number one like single platform game on this list. It's, I think, it's the only. Well, no, there's some, you know, a couple other Nintendo ones. All the Nintendo games, basically. right? Exactly, yeah. And I mean, if you if you count Wii U, it's like, yeah, you know, okay, that's probably part of that yeah. thing. Yeah, so it's just it would probably still be it was probably still be number five, maybe number right. six. And well. and another thing is is that the Nintendo games are the only ones that have no digital sales. We mentioned Destiny Two, that included its digital sales on PS4 and Xbox One, uh, not PC. Not not bad one. Right, exactly. Yes, but but most of those digital sales, like still relatively speaking, are going to be on consoles. Just get, came out there first, and that's how it breaks down, typically. Um, even for games that are huge on PC, like Rocket League, still only like twenty percent play on PC relative to the consoles. Um, 
so yeah, so Destiny 2, you know, up there without the PC sales, but The Legend of Zelda at Breath of the Wild number five with, with no digital sales. And you know that game did very well digitally because a lot of people are buying their games on Switch digitally. It could be even higher on this list. But uh, and, I think that's really, it's really neat, isn't it? Seeing yes. A- it's, and and, and it's like the game like came out in March and it continued to sell. I think it was on the top 10 in December. I didn't include the, the December top 10, uh, but I think it was like eight or nine. For, for that month so people were picking up their switches for the ho- like the holiday they were getting you know super, maybe the super mario odyssey bundle i think is out there and they were picking up zelda alongside of it yeah and this i mean it maybe it's not a great comparison but i just looked up 2011 uh top and selling games actually this is a worldwide list but there's there's no skyward sword right. in there you know the we had you know a big you know, install base right yeah people had, burned out of the of the Wii system by that uh, by that point so they were well, they burn out of that, they, but even, you know, the Zelda series at that point, right? Like, Skyward Sword was definitely not received like Breath of the Wild was. Breath of the Wild felt like a big yep. deal, and the sales reflected that. So, it's cool. It felt important, and, you know, the numbers reflect that. Uh, another thing to point out is that this is not unit sales. Uh, all This whole list is uh, sorted by dollar amount, like, the spending on it. So, uh, and kind of a little bit of a thing there, but this should be about the same. Most of these games are $60. Uh, n- number six... Um, Grand Theft Auto Five. I mean, uh, well, there yeah, it there it is. Uh, yeah, th- I mean, this game came out in 2013, and it has been on this list every year since. Uh, it's it was this is the second year in a row is number six in 2015. I think it was number four. How does it not drop even? Exactly. A spot? It does. Yeah, it doesn't drop. Not even a spot. Right, yeah, there, <laughs> not even a spot. Like there are, there's like several games like we haven't mentioned yet that are ginormous that. That like no Grand Theft Auto Five still sold better than those, um, and you know it, it, I mean sure I'm, I, it's not sixty dollars anymore. I bet most people are getting it for forty. I don't know. I, I I would imagine it still has a pretty high price. I think it's actually still sixty dollars. I, I, I might be geez, wrong. Yeah. I think it is. Though. And this doesn't include like secondhand sales, so it wouldn't like it, it wouldn't include the uh, yeah the sales price. All right, you know the cut price you get for a, a used game. Uh, this is just bananas. I, uh, people are buying it for Grand Theft Auto Online. That's something I, I was sort of resistant towards at first. And I was like, no, people just like Grand Theft Auto. They recognize the name. They show up for it. No, GTA Online, like having that kind of mode um, makes these games just last so much longer. And that's why you're going to see so many other games going, this this game is a service route. Um, you know, Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming and you, you know it's going to emulate a lot of this stuff. Um, I'll be interested to see how they try not to like cannibalize GTA Online. Um... Next, number seven, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands. So this is a, it was kind of, it, it was a departure for this series. It went open world. Uh, you're exploring like with this, your buddies online, uh, kind of just doing missions out in this uh, South American jungle. Um, but when it came out, it was like instantly, instantly a hit. It was probably the number one or two bestseller for like the first six months of the year, right? Right alongside Zelda. Um I guess I, over time it does seem like it fell off more than Zelda because you know they both came out in March and Zelda ca- kind of kept going and Wildlands fell off and I think um, what happened is Siege just sort of kept going so the people that were maybe like thinking about like oh I like Tom Clancy games they were probably seeing Siege continuing to grow and they went that way instead of Wildlands um, which you know that makes sense uh, this next one number eight uh, Star Wars Battlefront two so. Yeah, it made the top 10. It was number two for December, um, the number two best-selling game. Uh, b- but 
you know, this is actually probably not where EA was hoping this game would land. Um, I say that because in 2015, Grand Theft Auto V, we mentioned earlier, was like number five or four on that list. And then uh, Battlefield 1 was right above, right, right above it. It was like one spot, one, yeah, one spot ahead of it. Battlefront 2 uh, is quite a bit behind Grand Theft Auto V. This is two years later. Battlefront 2 is a new game. Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto V, still an old game. Um, yeah, that's probably not where, that, where they wanted it on this list. No, the point is, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's pretty clear that the controversies and everything cost that game money. Sure, it's still sold. Uh, still charted, which is you know good, but it, they, they obviously missed out on revenue there from just kind of bungling and maybe things getting out of hand. But uh, yeah, probably lessons learned there. I mean, it was one of the big stories of the year, really. I mean, we I, we said before we look back through our stories that like you know just which ones were the most popular, and like for me and you, a lot of ours were just the ones we wrote about Star Wars Battlefront too. Like people couldn't really stop reading about it. And that was one of those things that really got out there into the mainstream. So everyone knew about it. It was very similar to the Xbox one launch. It felt like, uh, it also feels like we're going to get one of these kinds of things every couple of years where, uh, the controversy is so huge and so loud within gaming that people hear bits and pieces about pieces about it out in like, you know, GameStop stores and they start asking questions. Uh, and then they get these very, you know, skewed, but often pretty accurate ideas of what was happening, even if they're outdated sometimes. Um, the last two games, uh, or the, the other two games from Nintendo, uh, Super Mario Odyssey at number nine and Mario Kart eight at number 10. Um, Odyssey came out in October. Um, you know, it, it was selling very well. It was making the, you know, the top 10 charts each month, each, each month, uh, between then and December. Um, but also like I, I, I would probably point out it, this too could be higher on the list, not just because again, no digital sales, but uh, unlike Zelda, the Mario Odyssey bundle came out, I think like day and date, it was right out there. It was, or, you know, out there pretty quickly. And this list doesn't include bundled software. It's only software like that is sold individually, you know, piece by piece. Um, But yeah, still very good for Nintendo, especially to have the most games on the top 10. Um, Three. I mean, and we got Mario Kart eight deluxe. I mean, that's a port practically, right? And it's just, yeah, that had to be pretty easy money. Exactly. And that, and that game's just going to keep selling. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. I, and I, I wonder how they're, what they're thinking about Mar- like the Mario Kart series and whether or not they need to do a new original one or what. I, I don't think they feel a huge rush to. Maybe in a couple right. years they, they'll do one. But they kind of yeah, bought themselves a little time with that to you know, really go on that. So that, that's the top 10. We'll get, kind of get through the rest of these uh, little tidbits of news from the NPD. Um, hardware, uh, what system do you think was number one for the year, Mike? Well, I'm reading your list, so I know it's not oh, it was the fucking cheater. Uh, well, you, you, <laughs> you, you give this to me to look at while we do the podcast. I, feel, I still feel like it's cheating. I still, in my gut, that's what it feels like. <laughs> uh, yeah, PlayStation 4 was number one. Um, okay, so, I mean, you would think Switch, right? Because it was all yeah. the news stories, but I guess it's PlayStation 4 had a couple... Months, yeah, January is uh, a big month start, for games for uh, co- console sales. Um, people take their their and gift cards and they go out and they get it. But uh, yeah, I, I I would expect actually next year it will be Switch. Like once they go year to year, um, and you know we'll see we'll see what games come out. But um, that's going to keep selling very well. Uh, but we don't know like how it shakes out after that. I would expect Switch was number two, uh, probably pretty easily. Um, but in December, like, it, you know, this, that's not to say, like, Xbox One is not selling. Um, you know, in December, Switch was number one. 
but Xbox One was number two, and then PS4 was number three. So, man, that, that must be the first time PlayStation Four has been number three in yeah. a while. Maybe there were other months. I mean, the Xbox One X did just come yeah, out. Totally. Uh, but yeah, it's kind of weird to hear PlayStation Four in number three. for sure. But I, I, the kind of takeaway from this is that there's there's good news for yes. everybody, right? It seems like so. You know, that's nice. The, the, the market's growing. All these consoles are doing well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And in fact, that, you know, that's the, the quote from Matt Piscatella over at NPD. Uh, over the first 50 months in the market uh, for each console, the combined hardware installed base of the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One now exceeds that of the PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360 by 18%, and that of the PlayStation 2 and Xbox, uh, the original Xbox, by 4%. So. That's pretty. I mean, the PlayStation Two is best selling system ever. Xbox, not right, so exactly. much. But like, you, I mean, you could see like what they're saying is that that market that was always there. That you know, you, I think you can exclude Nintendo fans into their own zone, like off to the side. And if you look at the people who were deciding between PlayStation and Xbox over time, that market has grown. Um, and, and then the Nintendo Switch came in this year, and they weren't like pulling people away from Xbox and PlayStation four. Like apparently they were just addressing this market. That was people that either were always just Nintendo fans or people that were like, Oh, I, you know, I like the idea of the PlayStation four and, and Xbox one, but it just doesn't fit into the way my life is working right now. Switch does. Um, so yeah, like clearly the market's just, it's, it's ballooning. It is growing. It is addressing new people that were kind of either falling away from games or were kind of standing off to the side, waiting for something to come along. That could have, you know, hit them in a way that they wanted to be hit. Um, yeah, I, that, that kind of does it. There's like, uh, like just one other bit. Like Activision Blizzard had the best, like made the most money over the year. Not surprising, they had the number one and number three game. Um, I would expect Nintendo's not too far behind. I, I think. And Activision Blizzard still has that Hearthstone. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And other things. Totally. Yeah, uh, I you know I think that's going to do it. We could probably wrap that up. I just kind of wanted to go over the MPD, MPD numbers this week. Uh, next week we'll try to return with a show with a, a you know a second half topic. Uh, but the MPD was going to take up enough time this week that I felt we could just cover that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, why don't we wrap up by telling everybody where they can find us, Mike? We'll start with you. You can find me at GamesBeat. Always uh, writing stuff there and. Uh, also, I do the Exploding Barrel podcast every week. That's at ebpodcast.com. On Twitter, I am Tolkoto, T-O-L-K-O-T-O. And I am Jeff Grubb on Twitter, um, youtube.com slash Jeffrey Grubb. I think I'll, I'll, I'll be having a video of this Logitech wheel. Um, and actually, there's this Logitech wireless mouse, and it actually is a, it's wireless charging. So you don't ever, ever have to plug it in. The mouse pad creates an electric magnetic field or whatever, and it charges it. I, I don't know. I'm sure it's giving me like all the cancers right now, uh, but it's very cool. So I'll be having videos of those going up pretty soon. Uh, you can check them out there. Uh, finally, uh, yeah, check it. Yeah, come back next week. We'll be back. Me and Mike, maybe with some other people from Games Beat. Otherwise, we're gonna get out of here and let you guys get back to your lives. Bye. Thanks for listening, kiddos. <laughs>